Welcome to the Real Live Faith Podcast. I'm Shelby. And I'm Janice. Life is a parable. All of creation points to God the Creator. We're going to be talking about how we see this in action in our everyday lives and how we use our good days and our mess-ups to grow in our relationship with the Lord. We don't know in what season of life you find yourself currently, but let this be a season of new life and growth. Join us as we talk about having real faith in real life. Actual real-life faith takes our faith in Christ and His Word, and it walks it out in the flesh, applying it to our lives. And that's why when we started our podcast, one word came to mind, application. Real live faith comes from reading God's word, believing his word, trusting him and his word, and then doing it. Sometimes that requires going back and reading what you just read, praying, trusting, and knowing what he says so that we can respond in obedience. Each episode we record of our podcast We like to spend time thinking about our spiritual walk with the Lord and how we take our faith and live it out in real life. And one of our favorite Bible verse passages is Romans 1, 19 and 20, which says, That which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. The more of life we experience, the more we are reminded of how life is a parable. Every day, God reveals himself to us, reminding us who he is and who we are created to be. All of creation points to God the creator. We recently had the opportunity to see this in action as we went to Colorado to go on a ski trip over spring break. One day, we were taking the ski lift up to the top of one of the easier runs, And from the top, we could look down over all of the hills and bumps and see these little bitty kids just flying down the mountain. And it was so incredible to see them completely unafraid about what they were actually doing. Yeah, and it was at that point I leaned over and I told Shelby, man, that is what childlike faith looks like in real life. And, you know, you don't really ever read the words childlike faith in the Bible. You can't find those words in the Bible, but the implication is found. In Mark 10:15, where Jesus says, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it at all. What this means is that children are more likely to receive something without the need to earn it. They're not going to attempt to earn or work for a piece of candy that you give them. They're often seen and known for just receiving something without the strings attached. With a child's simple mind, they can have simple faith. Yes, and I think that's why they easily believe in a tooth fairy or Santa Claus or an Easter bunny. You know, they take your word, the word of their parent or another adult, they take that word on faith. You know, they figure if you said it and you believe it, then they should and can too. Yeah, and for a child, when a gift is offered, they freely and willingly receive it at face value. Yeah, that's how I see it too. You know, they don't ask for details or any questions about it like we do as adults. You know, children might be curious, but whatever answer is given by an adult, it's generally accepted as truth. Kids just come with an open heart, a willing mind, and they usually have a positive response to the truth of the gospel. So why are we told to receive the kingdom of God like a child? Well, Jesus was addressing adults with these words, and we need to consider how many adults receive the kingdom like that today. I think for a lot of adults who approach 
faith and salvation of Christ, they often base it on works. You know, they think there's more to salvation than just simply confessing with the mouth Jesus as Lord and believing in the heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved, which is what Romans 10, 9 states. You know, they're not seeking to debate about it. Children don't do that, but it seems like closed-minded adults do. They want to argue and debate about the truth of the gospel. They, you know, make it harder than it is. Adults can't get past the simple gospel. We like to complicate it too much and make it harder than it is. And sometimes we feel like we need to do a lot of prep work ahead of time before we're ready to receive Christ and his gift of salvation. Yeah, and I think the other issue we have as adults is that we ask too many questions. You know, we worry about so many details instead of believing on faith and not by sight, as Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Instead, we want to see how it will all work out and what it looks like before we commit. We want proof and we want to be convinced. We want to see that it really works the way that it says it will. Yeah, and I think as kids, you know, we never approached anything in that way. You know, when our parents told us that Santa Claus was watching our behavior and that he liked cookies and milk, what did we do? You know, did we say, show me proof? No, we put on our best behavior in December or maybe just the week of Christmas, right? And we set out his favorite cookies, which of course was chocolate chip, and a glass of good old ice cold milk. And we tried the best we could to sleep through the night in anticipation of what we would find under the tree Christmas morning. And it's the same with the tooth fairy. You know, we eagerly placed our teeth under our pillow and anticipated that monetary reward for losing one of our shiny white teeth. Not all parents play Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy. They're just good examples of how easy children accept things that the adults that they trust in their life tell them about. I'm sure you've met adults or maybe you know some adults who approach faith and salvation and spiritual matters with a high degree of difficulty. You know, they struggle with their pride. They can't come to terms with the fact that you cannot work your way into heaven. You know, there isn't anything you can do to earn salvation, not by good works, not by charitable giving, not by your church membership, and not by baptism either. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us, It is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. If salvation was the accomplishment of a person in any way, we could boast about it. But under God's plan of salvation, God alone receives the glory. So maybe you're listening and you're thinking, well, of course kids believe anything. You know, they're naive and gullible. They don't, they don't know anything. Well, it's not naive and gullible if it's the truth, you know, because they believe you when you tell them that you love them, right? So why would they not believe in other things when you tell them? So gullibility is not a valid argument because it's all predicated on lies. You know, a person is only gullible if the one speaking to them is a liar. Numbers 23:19 tells us, God is not a man that he would lie, nor a son of man that he would change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? And 1 Corinthians 1:25 says, The foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Adults use wisdom of man to argue their lack of belief. What man sees as foolish in childlike faith, God sees as all that is required. And all of man's strength can't get you the simplicity of God. This is why having childlike faith is a great example. They have a heart that's ready to hear the good news. They have a mind that's ready and willing to receive. 
So how do we receive the kingdom of God like a child? How do we have childlike faith? Well, one example of simple faith is found in the Bible, and it's of a jailer who had imprisoned Paul and Silas. It's found in Acts 16. It's verses 22 to 34, and it talks about where Paul and Silas were in jail. There was a big earthquake. It shook the foundation of the prison, and immediately all the doors were opened. And verse 27 says the jailer woke up. He saw what had happened, and he went to pull his sword to kill himself because he had assumed the prisoners had escaped. But verse 28 tells us that Paul cries out and tells him not to harm himself because they were all still there. No one had escaped. And when they brought in light to see everyone, the jailer trembled with fear, fell down before Paul and Silas, brought them out and says to them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they say to him in verse 31, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. And then they went and spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his house. And that jailer was converted. It was just very simple. What shall I do to be saved? The jailer said, and they said, believe in the Lord and you will be saved. Very simple faith. How about another example? We find in Luke 8 verses 43 to 48, a woman with a bleeding disorder. She had been bleeding for 12 years. No doctor could help her, no medicine, nothing. She's desperate. She wanted help. She wanted healing. And in verses 43 and 44, we read this. A woman who had suffered a chronic flow of blood for 12 years and could not be healed by anyone came up behind him, Jesus, and touched the fringe of his cloak. And immediately her bleeding stopped. And verse 47 says that when the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came trembling and fell down before Jesus and admitted in the presence of all the people the reason why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he says to her in verse 48, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Her faith was in Jesus. She reached out to touch him in faith. That's the difference. It was not the touching of the clothing of Jesus that healed her. Instead, it was her faith in Jesus and what he could do for her. And you know what's really cool? Jesus follows up this account immediately with another one of simple childlike faith. Luke 8:49 tells us about a man named Jairus, whose daughter was dying. Verse 50 tells us, But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Do not be afraid. Only believe, and she will be made well. Jairus was told not to fear. Only believe. In other words, put away your fear and doubts and misconceptions and just simply trust Jesus. Don't try to figure it all out first. Don't try to make sense of everything. Just believe Jesus and his word and who he says he is. And really, I think that's the issue. You know, people wrestle with either Jesus is who he says he is, or he's not. He's either a liar and all of this is for nothing, or he is who he says he is and is deserving of our faith and worship. And he told us in his word that he's not a liar. So the only other option is that he is who he says he is. So ultimately, the question today is, what are you going to do with Jesus? You know, while we were skiing over spring break, we saw all of these preschool and elementary age kids flying down the mountain with their parents following behind. And all we could think of was, why weren't they scared? There's no way that you could catch me going down all of these difficult mountain runs. I would be breaking and crashing and getting hurt and running out of control. But it occurred to us that the confidence of these children was grounded in the presence of their parent who was right behind them. Many times they would see dad going down the hill and they knew it was safe. And they were safe because dad was right there with them. 
They had no reason to be scared, no reason to doubt, no reason to fear because dad was right there with them. And that's the childlike faith you and I need to practice. If you're a believer, we want to remind you that your Heavenly Father is able to be fully trusted with every part of your life. So today we want to challenge you to practice simple childlike faith. The first thing we can do to put that into practice is to read through the Romans Road, which if you don't know what that is, it's a series of verses that explains the process and gift of salvation. So grab a pencil and a piece of paper and write these down real quick. The four verses are Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, and Romans 10.9. I would encourage you to read through those and maybe even memorize them, commit them to memory, because it's a really simple explanation of what the gospel is. The second thing you can do is to practice telling the gospel story in one minute. Now, this may sound strange, but doing it in one minute, giving yourself a time limit to relay the gospel story helps you practice telling it as though you're talking to a child because the gospel is that simple. And this will also help strengthen your own faith as it reminds you of how much God has done for you and offered you in exchange for just simple faith. With our Heavenly Father close by, walking with us, leading us, and showing us the way, we too can have confidence through the hills and valleys of life. If you have not placed your faith in Christ, why wait? Seek him and call on his name for salvation. Confess that you are a sinner and repent of your sin. Surrender to Jesus today and place your trust in him as Savior and Lord of your life. Thanks for listening to the Real Life Faith Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share us with others so they too can learn about living out real faith in real life. You can check out our blog and shop at reallifefaith.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Gab Social. Don't forget to sign up for our emails to receive exclusive subscriber content. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.